Shalom, Gracians and friends. As for those of you online, shalom to you as well. And blessed Lunar New Year to all of you. If I didn't have a chance to wish you, wish you Senti Jinkang, Wan Si Rui. Now we are, we are into another week of studying God's Word together. And this week, as what, part of, uh, as what the pastor has shared earlier, that we begin a new eight-week preaching series on a new test, an Old Testament book of Joshua. And the topic for today, for the very first series, of, of the first week of the series, the topic for today is, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And the big idea is God desires us to be successful in fulfilling His kingdom purpose. God desires us to be successful in fulfilling His kingdom purpose on earth. Now, how many of you, as you start this entire new year, you want to be successful in 2023? How many of you? 10% of you guys? One more time or one more time, just in case your neighbor has fallen asleep, wake the person up, say, hey, so early you fall asleep. Now, how many of you desire to be successful in 2023? Yeah, a lot more now. For those of you online, can type in the chat, success. And with that, let me jump into Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. It says this in Joshua 1. Verse 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Verse 1, if you look at verse 1 itself, it begins with a recap of the last chapter in Deuteronomy where Moses had died. And in this verse itself, Moses was called the servant of the Lord. Now you must understand that this was a very high honour given to Moses and only a few others in the Bible carry this title. Look at verse 2 now. Verse 2 says this, Moses, my servant is dead. This is God speaking to Joshua. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the soul of your feet or your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. Now do know that when verse 3 says that every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon. Now this verse here does not mean that everywhere that Joshua went. Let me clarify that. Why, why do I say that? Because verse 4, if you look carefully, verse 4 dictated the boundaries of the land where God promised to give to Joshua and Israel. Now, it wasn't a blank check for Joshua to take whatever, whichever land he wanted. No, it wasn't like this. Verse 3 gave the promise. Verse 4 gave the boundary. It was within the boundaries where God had determined for Israel to possess. Verse 5. Verse 5 says this, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses so I will be with you. I will not leave you or 
forsake you. Now, this is a very important verse in this chapter. You must understand that both the success of Moses' leadership and Joshua's impending campaign depended solely on God's presence. It was not because of Moses' training in Egypt or Joshua's giftedness that guaranteed their success. It wasn't because of that. It was also not because Israel had a strong and powerful army. No. Joshua and Moses' success was based solely, solely on God's promise that I will not leave you or forsake you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Tell neighbor right now, on your left and right, tell neighbor God's presence. God's presence. Verse 6 says this, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Now we can see the importance of Joshua's leadership in leading the people to inherit the promised land. And from these six verses, we can gather thus far from God's instruction that for God's purposes to be established on earth, we need two things. God's presence is vital and the human leadership is also crucial. And church, we must understand that God always, always accomplishes His purpose on earth through human vessel. Tell neighbor on your left and right one more time, God's purpose through you. Very important. Always through human vessel. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, verses 7 and 8 explain how Joshua was to be strong and courageous. Now, Joshua was to be strong and courageous in obeying the law commanded by Moses. Now, if you read carefully 7 and 8 one more time, you will notice it was not about being bold and courageous in battles and wars that were coming his way. It was not about being strong and courageous in killing the giants in the land. But church, it was to be strong and courageous to obey God's command and instructions. Listen carefully to this church. Be strong and courageous to obey God's commands and instructions to the extent that the law must not depart from Joshua's mouth and he had to meditate on it day and night. Now this word, meditate. The word meditate is not about emptying of your mind, or empty everything from your mind like what some current new age practices would advocate. No, it wasn't like that. 
in ancient Israel, meditation focused on God's character. It focused on His mighty works and His eternal word. That's what meditation is about. It's about God. And furthermore, if you read carefully, the phrase that not to let the law depart from his mouth, which means that Joshua's meditation was to be done verbally. It has, so meditation on God's word reinforced Joshua's ability to obey God in his leadership, not by emptying his mind, but through by to verbally repeating God's word and reading out for himself to hear, to reinforce in his heart what God has commanded him. And God promised to prosper Joshua and to give him good success if Joshua were to obey God's word courageously in leading the nation. And now let's deep dive into verse 8 one more time. Verse 8 says this, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That means to say it verbally all the time. But you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Second part, that's, that's the first part. Second part says this, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Now all of us, we want a life where we live in prosperity and success, right? That's why in Chinese New Year, we have phrases like, Gong si fa tai, wan si rui, isn't it? Wishing each other prosperity and success. And many of us will claim the second part of verse 8, which says, your way is prosperous and will have good success. It sounds like a good Chinese New Year greeting, right? But just I want you to know, that's not how verse 8 is to be read, actually. Verse 8 tells us that success and prosperity are outcomes that follow a person who obeys and meditates on God's Word daily. It is not about having more faith to claim God's blessing and success. Church, it's not about that. It is about having more of God in our lives where we obey His Word and instructions. And out from that obedience comes the secondary effects of blessing and success. The primary is to obey God. The secondary is the effects that follow after us. Now, many of you know that I believe, I truly believe that God blesses His people. Can somebody say amen? And that's what we pray, right? We pray and we ask for God's hand of blessing and favor to be upon our lives. However, I am not for the prosperity gospel where one believes that you can have success by verbally claiming things that you want. Let me give you an example right now. If you are not clear what I'm saying, let me give you an example. For example, if I like a Tesla, how many of you like Tesla cars? Regardless whether you have a charging point, it doesn't matter, right? If I like a Tesla car, Model S, the latest in 2023, right? And I don't have money to buy this car. So what do I do? I then use the Bible verses to claim this. I use verse 8, not the entire verse 8, but second part of verse 8. That's, that, that says, that I'll say, God, in verse 8, right? Not the whole verse, only part of the verse, of second, second part of verse 8. I say, God, you say in your word that you will make my way prosperous and grant me 
success, right? So I declare that I'll be successful and I will have the latest Tesla Model S 2023 based upon your word. Regardless of God, whether there is a charging point near my house, it doesn't matter, God. I'll settle that later, God. But I claim this right now for myself. Now, some of you are laughing at me because you know that I've taken God's word out of context, isn't it? I, I'm not looking at God's word, on, uh, the whole, whole of God's word. I just take what I want to hear and I claim it to fit into what I want. And church, we must be careful not to treat Yahweh as the prosperity God. He is not a Tyson year where we believe Him just for material wealth alone, church. We must be very careful. I believe God prospers His people with success when we follow His heart and instructions. Can someone say amen? Success and prosperity are never the primary outcomes but are secondary to obedience and loyalty to God, our Lord Jesus Christ. We all like the second part of verse 8, but we miss the context of God's Word. And we ignore the first part of verse 8, which is to obey God's Word and to follow His instructions carefully. Therefore, it's essential. It's essential for all of us as we read God's Word, to examine the entire context of God's Word and not to misuse it for our own insecure desires. Now, since we are on the issue of God's blessings and success, and especially for Chinese New Year, right? So we should ask the question, how are success and blessings expressed in the Bible? We know that Joshua must obey and follow God's commands for him to prosper. We know that. Now, in the context of Singapore today and many first world countries, what comes to your mind when you hear the word prosper? What comes to your mind? When we think of the word, oh, God prosper you, what comes to your mind? Money. It is usually linked to financial prosperity, right? But is that how God sees success? That is the most important question. We may interpret it that way, that's fine. But what is God saying? Is that how God sees success? Does the Bible define success only in financial wealth? And let me unpack the concept of prospering and success in the context of the passage in Joshua chapter 1. When God promised Joshua that he would be prosperous and have good success in the second part of verse 8, Church, you must understand it was never about financial success. It was about prospering Joshua in Israel's conquest of the promised land. And God's promise was prosperity and success in fulfilling His agenda and purpose as they conquer the promised land. And furthermore, the promise of success and prosperity is an outcome, isn't it? And I said earlier, it's an outcome of a loyal and obedient relationship with God. And in the case of Joshua, he was not successful in being rich and wealthy. God prospered him in his leadership and granted him success in conquering the promised land. And church, we must be very careful. We must be very careful 
not to always associate financial riches and wealth as the only gauge for God's success and prosperity in our life. Now, let me repeat it one more time. God's success for Joshua was about establishing God's purpose for Israel in the promised land, in all the endeavors that God assigned to Joshua. Biblical success is never limited to material wealth alone. As believers today, we must not frame our thinking that God's prosperity and blessings are always in the form of monetary expressions. Because God's blessing can be beyond and God's blessing can go beyond wealth and riches and we all know that. However, saying all of this, I'm not saying that God cannot bless us with material wealth. I'm not saying that. Don't, don't hear me wrongly, all right? God can do anything He wants. But God is not limited to blessing us with financial riches. It can be financial wealth for some people, but for others, it can be other forms of success just like how God blessed Joshua. For those of us who are blessed with financial treasures, be a good steward of these material blessings and use them to further God's agenda through your life. And for those who are blessed with other areas of strength, be faithful in using your talents and your time to bring people into God's kingdom. Can somebody say amen? Tell neighbor on your left and right one more time. Tell neighbor, be faithful and loyal to God. That's most important, isn't it? Be faithful and loyal to use what God has given us. Now, coming back to the text again in verse 9. In verse 9, it says this, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid or be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, church, why did God repeat the same command of be strong and courageous three times with Joshua? God repeated this three times, if you noted thus far. Was it because Joshua was hard of hearing? Or was it because he was slow in understanding because he was getting old? The answer is no, it's not because of that. Because God knew. Church, you must understand that God knew that the days ahead would be challenging for Joshua. And the challenges would come from enemies in the land and rebellions within the camp. And God's repeated command and encouragement to Joshua reinforced a powerful truth. God wants to reinforce this truth deep into Joshua's heart, deep, deep into his spirit, man, that the Lord your God is with you. That's what God was trying to tell him. Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous in obeying my word because I'm with you. And I've also realized that it is one thing to know the truth in our mind, but another to live out that truth, isn't it? The truth to Joshua was very clear. The Lord is with you. But to live out this truth requires strength and courage. And that's why God kept telling him, be strong and courageous. Be strong. And courageous. Now, I, I had a small taste, a very, very small taste as compared to Joshua, right? 
I had a very small taste of this when I became the senior pastor of Grace Assembly. I worked closely with three senior pastors in my life, my ministry for 25 years before becoming one myself. And I have the privilege of working very closely with them, three of them, observing, learning, and interact with them very closely. And I was very inspired by my three previous senior pastors' leadership and their heart in serving God. And over time, my closer ministry friends would ask me, and they would ask me questions like this, say, are you ready to be a senior pastor if the Lord allows you to be one? So in my earlier years of ministry, like the first 10 years of ministry life, I would say, no way, man. It's, it's, it's a tall order for me, too tall for me. I'm not as tall as that, you know. It's a tall order. But after 20 years in the ministry, my reply was, I think I can do this if and only if the Lord is with me. And through a series of divine orchestration, divine events, I became the senior pastor at Grace Assembly in 2020. Some of you know that, right? And I knew that the Lord was with me because of the many things that happened around me. The, 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 the prophetic word and events that happened. And it was His will for me, for me to lead this wonderful church. But no one knew then, in 2020, a pandemic would hit us exactly three years ago, right? After our 70th year anniversary weekend on the 8th and 9th of February, 2020. Some of you were there, remember? 2020, the 8th and 9th of February. Some of you were there. And I remember this incident very well when I was having an online meeting with the board members who are sitting here right now from, from the hospital bed. I remember that. And no one knew that Grace Assembly would be one of the earliest COVID clusters in 2020. Right? I knew that God was with me. I knew that. But to live out that truth in a crisis and pandemic was something else. As a senior pastor, then I had to make decisions with the board, right? Without knowing what would happen during the pandemic. And you must understand that not many people then had survived a prior pandemic for me to consult them on how to lead a church in a crisis like 2020. And as a leader, every decision I made affected not just my family, but hundreds of families in Grace Assembly. Every decision I made brought many differing views, comments, and responses. Some say, continue with the service. Some say, pastor cannot stop. It's not responsible. Some say, must wear masks. Some say, it's okay. No need to wear masks. Let's show faith. I don't know where you guys remember that in 2020. And the weight of making decisions in crisis was very heavy and difficult. And I could not please everyone because someone would be unhappy about my decision, right? And I remember in 2020, right, I lamented then that observing and watching my previous senior pastors make decisions was so much easier. It was easier because I didn't need to carry the emotional and mental load of responding to people's comments, right? It was easier because I didn't have to bear the consequences or the ramifications of a wrong decision. And because it was difficult, I needed to be strong and courageous to do the right thing before God and before men. And I want to thank all of you again as we cross into the third year of the pandemic for standing with us through this pandemic. Thank you so much. 
And as I reflected and I looked at what happened to Joshua right now, I cannot imagine Joshua carrying the load of making decisions for the entire nation of people who were with him. There were so many uncertainties ahead of Joshua's battle campaigns and the constant danger surrounded by so many enemies around them. And not forgetting the constant murmurings of the people whenever they were unhappy, right? And I believe that was the reason God had to repeat himself three times to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. It is not just about knowing the truth, church, but it's about living it out with boldness and strength. Be strong and courageous to obey God's commands and instructions. Be strong and courageous to handle disagreements and possible rebellions within the camp. Be strong and courageous to make decisions that will please the Lord, His God. And we see that God assured and reinforced His presence would be with Joshua because of the difficulties ahead of him. And with, deep, with a deep confidence in his heart and spirit, Joshua then stood up and provided leadership to the nation of Israel as seen in verse 10. Let's look at verse 10 right now. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in and take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Joshua gave the command and told the people, hi guys, it's time to cross over the Jordan in three days, in verse 12. And to the Reubenites, the Gedites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember? Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But all the men of valor among you shall pass over arm before your brothers and shall help them. Until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you, and they will also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it, the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan towards the sunrise. Now, some background information here for us to better understand what, 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 what has been said here. You see, in Numbers 32, the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, these two the half-tribes came and asked for the land east of Jordan before they cross into the promised land. And Moses agreed to their request, but with one condition, that they would go with the rest of the tribes into the promised land and fight together as one nation. That means, yes, Moses will give, you the, will give them the land, but they cannot stay in the land and not go with the rest of the brothers. They must go with all the tribes to fight the giants in the land. So as the newly appointed leader of Israel, Joshua reminded the agreement between Moses and the two and a half tribes of their obligation to unite with the rest of the tribes in their conquest campaign. Let's look at verse 16 now. And they answered Joshua, 
all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. And just as we obey Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord, your God, be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. So as one nation, all the tribes came together, they pledged their submission to Joshua's leadership. And the chapter ended with the people encouraging Joshua with the exact words that God commanded Joshua. Be strong and courageous. So the Israelites' united response showed that they had accepted God's appointment of Joshua as their leader and they were willing to step into the campaign together with him. It's both an affirmation and encouragement to Joshua's leadership just before they crossed into Jordan and began, and began their conquest. What a great start, right, for Joshua to have God's assurance and the people's affirmation. Now, if you were to examine the people's response in verse 17, you will see that the nation followed and obeyed Joshua because of the crucial factor of God's presence. Look at verse 17 one more time. It says this, as, Just as we obey Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. And this is again in line with what God said to Joshua in verse 5. If you look at verse 5, the people in verse 17 asked for this criteria. In verse 5, God actually said it. God, in verse 5, it says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. What God had promised in verse 5 was what the people needed to be assured in Joshua's leadership in verse 17 as he led them into their battles. Church is all about God's presence, isn't it? God's presence resting on Joshua. And the people say, as long as God's presence is with you, we will go with you. Church, we live in a time today where many uncertainties are around us and with the acceleration of events, they will culminate to the second return of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? If you look around us, the affairs of the world will not get better. They will, there will definitely be more destabilizing events ahead of us. We see the war in Ukraine that may worsen. We see the, the supply chain disruption, the increasing interest rates to, to combat inflation, and the slowing down of the economic engines in America, Europe, and China. And of course, right now, there's this fear of the possibility of new virus variants that may change the world dynamics back to 2020 again. And let's hope so not, right? And all these constant uncertainties and changes can cause us to be weary and tired, isn't it? In our emotions, in our mental being. In such an uncertain time that we live in church, we need God's presence to be with us more than ever before. Can somebody say amen? We need God's presence to be with us. You know, recently, 
we saw the sudden resignation of the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, right? And she said something that caught the world's attention. She said this, I don't have enough in the tank. I don't have enough in the tank. Now, when I saw this, her, her, her words, and it was flesh, and I, and I, went, to, I, I went to review the, what she said, right? And I said, oh, God. She, had, she has the, the entire national resources supporting her as the Prime Minister of New Zealand. The resources were all around her. So it wasn't about the resources that she, she was surrounded with. It was about the inner reservoir of strength within her. And she said, I don't have enough in a tank. You know, her words have expressed the emotional feelings of many people in the world today. And I believe among some of us as well. Some of us can identify with her, right? Oh, I, I don't have enough in my emotional, mental, and physical tank to push forward anymore. And when you come to the stage where you don't have enough in your tank to travel the distance ahead of you, church, I want you to know that you need God's presence. You need God to come and touch you, to rejuvenate, and to fill you afresh and anew again. You need God's presence to help and assure you to move forward. Not with human strength only, not just with all the natural resources around you, but with God's strength and presence within you that assures you that He is with you. Can someone say amen? Amen? In closing, let me summarize how God granted Joshua success in fulfilling His kingdom purposes on earth. Firstly, Joshua was commanded to be strong and courageous. Strong and courageous to obey Obey God's instruction. Number two, God's presence would enable Joshua to prosper and succeed in his endeavors. It's all about God's presence. It's all about having God in our lives. Let me invite all of us with every head bowed, every eye closed right now. Because I believe God is speaking to different ones of us here. I sense God speaking to different ones of you because I can sense among us, some of us, some of us here, we are empty within. But it's okay, God is here to touch you. And for some of us, as we enter the second month of 2023, some of us here, we have faced challenges, obstacles, and even discouragement already. And for some of us here, you know you need God to help you to stay strong and courageous. You need God to help you stay strong and courageous not to, not to compromise in your conviction but to be strong and courageous to obey God's word and instructions in all that you do. That in the marketplace, in all that you do in the home front, wherever you are, to be strong and courageous to obey God's word no matter how difficult it may be strong and courageous to move forward with what the Lord has shown you. And you say, God, I need your strength. God, I need your strength to be strong and courageous to move forward, to obey you 
If that's you right now, I want you to lift your hands to the Lord all over this place. Lift your hands to Him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Many hands. Thank you. Many hands. Thank you. That's right. Lift your hands to the Lord if you need God's strength to be strong and courageous to obey Him. Thank you. Many hands. You're raising your hand because you know that it's difficult. But you're saying, God, help me to be strong and courageous to obey You. No matter how challenging the situation is at a home front in the marketplace, lift your hands if that's you right now. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Many hands. Thank you. Many hands. Thank you. Thank you. In line with your desire to be strong and courageous, you need God's presence to go with you. And the surrounding all that you do, it's not just about your abilities. It's not about having more financial provision alone. But it's about having God's presence in your inner reservoir. It's about having God to walk with you. Having His presence to walk with you in all that you do. Because some of you here, you feel empty in your tank. And you need God's presence to fill you up again. You say, God, I have everything around me, but I don't have inner strength. God, I need your presence. God, I need my tank to be filled up again. If that's you, lift your hands all over this place right now. Lift your hands. Thank you. Many hands. Thank you. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. Lift your hands to Him. Say, God, fill my tank. God, fill my tank. Thank you. Fill my tank to lead my family. Fill my tank to lead my work. Fill my tank, oh God, to lead my, my marriage, lead my children. Fill my tank, oh God, I need you. If that's you, lift your hands and let the Lord touch you as you do. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you. Many hands up there. Thank you, thank you. Church, would you stand with me all over this place right now? Because I want to invite those of you who have lifted up your hands to come to the altar. I want to pray with you and for you. It's very important that before you go, you, you, you get a sense and, and be touched by God's presence in your life. So wherever you are, if you're lifted up your hands, I want you to come to the altar right now. For those of you who lifted up your hands, you come. Find a place with the Lord and say, God, fill my tank so that I can move forward with your strength, with your assurance. If that's you, you come quickly right now. Pastors and our leaders are here to pray with you. You come quickly right now. All over this place, you come. Because I believe that God wants to do that for you to have the strength to be courageous to move forward. Not to stand still and wonder in weakness, but to move forward with His presence, with His assurance in your life for yourself, for your family. You come right now if you need that. You come all over this place. You come and say, God, fill my tank with your presence. Refresh and rejuvenate my being again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, I look to you, I won't be overwhelmed Give me vision to see things like you do God, I look to you, you're where my help comes from Give me wisdom to know just what to do See things like 